Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Experience in the business setting of sports is crucial no matter what role you have or what role you want in the future. Our next guest has spent his entire career working his way up in minor league sports. I'm excited to have Brad Seymour, president of the Windy City Bulls of the NBA G League. Brad, welcome to the show. Hey, Travis. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Brad, very excited to have you and talk about your career path in minor league sports. And let's start first start from the beginning. You attended the University of Missouri in a junior college before eventually earning a business administration and management degree from Colorado Technical University. So why don't, if you don't mind, talk us about that unusual path you took to land in the sports industry. Absolutely. It, it, it is certainly a very unconventional path, um, you know, and, and it really kind of started back in high school. My my summer job in high school, I was the souvenir kid for for the San Jose Giants, the local minor league team. I grew up in the Bay Area um, and uh, and then I went to the University of Missouri. I wanted to get into broadcast journalism, realized I wanted to be in sports business shortly thereafter, transferred back home, went to a junior college. And then I had an opportunity um, after my freshman year to go to South Dakota. It was the same ownership group. And, and I was asked, do you want to go back and be a food and beverage intern um, for the Sioux Falls Canaries? And I jumped at the opportunity, didn't have any idea what I was getting into. Um, but the owner at the time believed in, in what I was doing and, and I guess saw some potential. And so I took that risk. I moved to South Dakota for the summer, um, transferred back home for the my sophomore year, was asked to go back and thought I was going back for, for three months. And I eventually stayed for nine years. I was hired on full-time halfway through that second internship. Um, and I'll tell you the the best advice, because I, you know, I was a decent student. I was, but I wasn't always into school. And the best advice that the owner gave me was you have, I'm going to hire you. You have to finish your degree. And so it took me a total of about seven years to get my business degree um, while I was working full time and, and getting that experience. But, um, you know, that eventually led into it really accelerating my career, but but just led into the different opportunities that I've, I've had. No, absolutely. Like we kicked it off, you know, just having that experience, no matter what it is, has helped kind of escalate that. And, and also there is no right or wrong path to take. And yeah. so you, you you were able to, as you mentioned, secure internships with the San Jose Giants and the Sioux Falls Canaries. Uh, Canaries. And with Sioux Falls, you certainly made a name for yourself as, as not only did you start in the business as an intern, but you worked your way up ultimately to the general manager role in your nine years with that franchise. And so thinking back as you, you first started off and you got into the selling, a, you know, the selling days, what were some key learnings that you still apply to your day? It, the, the number one thing that, that, I took full advantage of, but I also, you know, whenever anybody asks me, it's don't just get the internship. It's 
it's take advantage of the internship. And, and that's what I did. I found ways to go above and beyond just working in food and beverage. I was, I was always willing to raise my hand um, and take on different responsibilities. And, you know, long-term, the experience in different aspects of an operation will allow you to understand the broader scope of how a minor league business operates. And, and that benefited me really from day one. Um, I, I took the internship in food and beverage. I had no intention of spending my career cooking hot dogs, so to speak. Um, but I knew that that gave me an opportunity to get into the ecosystem and learn, improve myself. And, and that's the number one thing I can, I can always tell people is, you know, I'm the example of that. It's, um, cause I've seen too many people get the internship or, or we hire interns, but they, they kind of just do the basics and, and they kind of come and go and, but it's those, those folks that, that really step up and, and raise their hand and say, I am literally willing to do anything. And, and that's what it takes in the minor league industry. It's, we all wear so many hats that, um, you know, to this day, having the working knowledge of, of food and beverage, um, which has played a big part in my career in terms of, you know, helping to turn around a couple of franchises. Um, but it, it kind of set that foundation of, of working hard, but also proving myself. No, absolutely. And, and Brad, after after leading the, the team as a GM for a few years, you decided to pursue a new opportunity with the Lancaster Jetthawks. Why was that the right move for you? Uh, well, personally, I was ready to, to move to warmer weather. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it, seriously, it, it, I, I felt like I had gotten to the point I, I had been in Sioux Falls for nine years. I was named GM at, at right before I turned 25, spent two years in that role and was just ready to, to see if my skill set transferred to another market. Um, and, and I was I wanted to get back into affiliated baseball. Sioux Falls is an independent team. Um, and then, you know, Lancaster was in a situation where, you know, they had maybe had some down years. And so I wanted to see if I could take a franchise and turn it around, make it profitable um, I took that job sight unseen, uh, literally drove out in the off season and, and moved there at the same time. And, um, and it was something that I wanted to prove to myself that what I had learned, what I had done in Sioux Falls, you know, was going to translate and, and, and see if it would, would help turn a franchise around. No, absolutely. It certainly did. And after five very successful years in Southern California, you were asked to transfer to the Lake County Captains where you'd spend seven and a half years. And during your time in Ohio, you stayed involved in leading the Lancaster franchise for your ownership group. What do you feel like you did on a consistent basis to continue to get elevated and earn the opportunity to lead two minor league baseball teams simultaneously? Um, I the. The thing that comes to mind, I think, is is work ethic and, and innovation. Um, those are probably the top two things that that I would cite. Um, but you know that track record of of what we were able to do in Lancaster um, over those first few years had a new ownership group come in. I think they saw that and and wanted me to to maybe do the same thing in Lake County. And so um, you know they saw that I was creating new revenue streams. They saw that I was stabilizing staff and, and stabilizing the business and. Um, you know, one thing I'm passionate about is, is developing new ideas, whether it's a new promotional event, whether it's renegotiating leases, other agreements, you know, as part of the business. Um, I, I love being able to do that. And I think in the case of both franchises, um, we did a pretty good job of accomplishing those things. It was a massive challenge crisscrossing the country on a regular basis. And, you know, I would joke and say I'd go home at five o'clock in, in Cleveland 
and my job was still going for the next three hours because of the time difference. But, the time difference, um, yeah. Yeah, but it, it was something that that to this day I'm very proud of and, and you know, was happy to be given that opportunity. No, that's awesome. And, and Brad, after almost seven years ago, you took the opportunity as the president of the Windy City Bulls. Why was that the right opportunity for you? So I'd spent 21 years in, in minor league baseball at the various stops we just talked about. And I really felt like I had done and been a part of, you know, everything I'd set out to do. I, I'd been part of a major almost tear down a new facility build in Sioux Falls, sold naming rights in Lancaster, turned around a couple of franchises. Um, the one thing I had never done was be part of a completely new startup. Um, and so when the opportunity presented itself to, to uh, come to Chicago and, and work for the Bulls, um, it, it was something that I, I, I just jumped at. And, um, and that was appealing to me, but also being a part of, of the Bulls brand and part of a larger organization and the resources that come with that, that is something I'd never had the, the opportunity to do, you know, is when you work in minor league sports, oftentimes it's for that, that independent company, that family owned business and um, being a part of a larger organization was also appealing to me. And then personally, you know, spending that many years in baseball, um, I was ready just for a lifestyle change. And I, I truly believe to this day, and I will tell anybody that I think the people that work in minor league baseball, um, that it's the toughest sport to do from a lifestyle standpoint, from a commitment standpoint, you're not only working those 70 games or so, but you're also booking and, and working all the other events at the stadium that you manage. Right. Um, and so there's just a lot that goes into it. I've learned what a summer vacation is now. Um, <laughs> and and the, the move to basketball has been wonderful um, from both personally and professionally. And, and I've, I've certainly enjoyed the challenges that come with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll certainly get into the grind and the, and the hustle of, of any any position, but certainly in minor league baseball. And you know, Brad, you're continuing to build something really very special with the Bulls. And you know, with your role, you're overseeing many different personalities in, in different departments. What's your advice on being able to lead such a variety of verticals and people? Um, one of the biggest things that, that I've learned and, and I continue to learn is to provide my coworkers with guidance, let them do their job. Um, you know, I've always been somewhat of a control freak and it's something that I've had to learn. I've had to really work at to trust those around me, um, you know, as I've gone through my career and uh, it's not a perfect process. It's probably one of the biggest things that any leader that transitions from, you know, a, a, a role and, and suddenly you're overseeing an organization or overseeing people um, is that there's going to be mistakes along the way. And I think trust is a lot is one of those things. Um, and so I've, I've learned how to do that. I continue to learn how to do that. And I, I certainly take great pride in watching people around me develop their own skill sets and then watching them grow and progress in their careers. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the business side in my role. I also, you know, deal and, and have dealt with the baseball and the basketball side. And so, you know, I, I, I've learned how to manage those relationships too, and, and really kind of break down what I think can be a common theme of them against us. Um, and so we've been really successful here in Windy City about um, creating a lot of synergies with our basketball side. And in turn, that creates opportunities, especially from a sales perspective, where you can create experiences and create events that are tied in with the team, the players, the coaching staff, whether it's giving a chalk talk to the basketball team that, that books a group or that type of thing. And we have, we just have a really good relationship there that that I'm I'm proud of and we've been able to cultivate. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Brad Seymour, president of the Windy City Bulls of the NBA G League. And Brad, let's get into the three hot topics. In question one, we've talked a lot about your minor league experience. As you think about that, what is one thing that minor league teams do well that you believe most major league organizations should implement? Um, it, I, I think that minor league teams do an incredible job at pivoting um, and, and making changes to virtually anything that comes to mind uh, in a fairly quick manner. Um, I think minor league teams do a great job you know, for example, taking current events, turning those into a promotion or something rather quickly that in turn can help drive sales. Um, it creates those sales opportunities. Um, and that's the essence of how we survive. We have to give people a reason to buy our product beyond the basketball in this case. Um, and changing something quickly can pay immediate dividends from a sales perspective in terms of moving tickets. Um, and then likewise, internally, I think you know, I try to encourage, you know, always evaluating our internal processes, always, you know, looking at different ways and opportunities to improve and give give our sales staff the resources that, that they need to develop their skills. Um, and we're able to do that in a, in a fairly quick manner. If we see something, I'm certainly not opposed to trying new things and, and we're able to adjust on the fly. And, you know, I think all those things come naturally when you work in a smaller environment like a minor league team versus, you know, certainly a larger company. No, absolutely. And to your point of being able to be flexible, willing to pivot on a consistent basis. And question two, you've kind of mentioned this early on in minor league baseball is you're wearing multiple different hats and, you know, whether it be baseball or basketball, but in baseball, it's you're, you're selling, you're pulling tarp, your mascot duties, community initiatives, the list goes on and on. What's your advice on being efficient and effective every day? Time management. That's the number one thing that that I preach, it's, I think, one of the top traits of people that get into our industry and probably any industry and, and are successful. Um, you know, when you have so many things coming at you from different directions, you have to have good time management to stay afloat, to be successful. Um, it's a balance as you you want to be a team player. You know, for example, you want to go help with that bobblehead shipment that just came in but um, or, or some other random task. But being mindful of the time and place for those types of activities, especially when you're on the sales side, um, is so key. I was raised in an environment when, when I was actively selling tickets um, that you were expected to manage your day around the prime sales times 
um, of each day, whether it's that that morning window, that afternoon window. And that meant performing administrative tasks like writing contracts, pulling tickets. Um, those types of things got done in the off hours. And I think that type of mindset helps to structure your day appropriately to ensure that your core responsibilities are accomplished. Um, and then for me in my current role, from a time management perspective, one of the best tools that I was ever given um, when I first became a GM was, was an off-season checklist. And I've got a, a checklist that's four or five pages long. It outlines every single detail that, that it takes to get a season up and running. I share that constantly with our staff because I think it's both a learning tool, but it also helps everybody understand and prioritize what their off-season looks like um, so that you don't get overwhelmed with all those details. No, absolutely. Time management is always key. And to your point, no matter what industry you're in, but certainly the sports industry. And finally, question three, Brad, when you first joined the Windy City Bulls, it was, and you kind of talked about launching the team, building it from the ground up. As you think back to your time of the build, what's one thing that you would have done differently looking back on it? <laughs> um, it I look back at that first season and I still wonder how we got through it. Um, <laughs> you know, just a, a massive learning experience. Um, certainly would have done a lot of things differently. Hindsight's always 2020, but um, I guess the one thing that stands out is sticking to that core plan that we had put together. You know, I came on in February, we launched in November. We had a, a pretty good plan in place. And, and when you're in a position of leadership, you get ideas thrown at you from all kinds of different resources. And I think there were times during that first season where I was trying to do everything that I was hearing that was being recommended to me. And sometimes that distracted and, and took away from that, that path that we knew was going to be successful. You know, pr I had proven it out with other franchises, whether from a ticket sales perspective, marketing. Um, and I think sometimes I got distracted with that and, you know, would lead the staff in one direction when maybe we should have just stayed the course. Um, you know, I, I love hearing input. I love sharing best practices with other teams. And a lot of that first year was talking to other G League teams. Oh, you do this. This is successful. We should try it now. Rather than maybe sitting back and saying that's something for the second season. Right. Yeah. We don't have to rush everything in. Yeah. No, but, it, but you guys certainly had a great launch and have obviously had a, a great success there. And Brad, what a great career, certainly an exciting journey. And as you think back, what's been your best memory of your career? It, it it's so hard to pick one. Um, I've been able to achieve a lot of the goals I set out for myself from a business perspective. Um, you know, turning around franchises, you know, leading sales um, staffs into, you know, reaching their goals and whatnot. You know, beyond that, I've been a part of organizations that won a, a World Series, three minor league championships. Those types of things are always fun. I call those my my fan experiences because you know it's it's I I don't necessarily have anything to do with it, but it's it's a lot of fun to win, obviously. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, as I've spent almost three decades doing this, um, it's it's appreciating those experiences, and I get I get a lot of pride and, and appreciation about being able to give people experiences. The simple gesture of you know having guests take photos on the court, kind of impromptu, getting a family Bulls tickets that maybe they otherwise couldn't attend a game, um, surprising someone at our game or a kid at our game with you know taking them into the locker room or or giving them a gift. Those types of things are becoming more and more memorable for me. Um, so it's, you know, long story short, it's hard to pinpoint just one thing. Um, I've been fortunate to, to have so many great experiences over the years. 
No, awesome. Well, Brad, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey and experiences. To finish it off, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? <laughs> All right, let's go. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Uh, lucky. Uh, I've I've worked hard to get where I am today, um, but there's also some luck that goes along with it. And you know, I've had people that believed in me and and helped me guide guide me down the path that I'm on. So I, I consider myself lucky for being able to do that. Nice. What's a fashion trend that you would love to see come back? Uh, I've never been considered a fashionista. I think for some of us, uh, uh, having a head of hair would be a cool fashion trend. Being able <laughs> to participate in that. Um, but I digress on that. I think, um, you know, the one thing that maybe comes to mind from my old baseball days, I love stirrups and I, I would love to see players start wearing stirrups again. I'm old school like that. Love it. If you could go to dinner any with anyone, whether they be alive or passed away, who would it be? Uh, my sports hero, uh, if, if we want to stay in the sports world, uh, Jack Nicklaus. Um, I've always admired how he accomplished the feats that he did while also, you know, appearing to maintain a pretty balanced family life, a lot of demands. And then what he's been able to do in parlaying his career into a massive portfolio of business interests. Um, I think it would be fascinating to, to listen and, and talk about those things and, you know, maybe also get some tips on my golf game. It would be, be a great fun dinner conversation. Well, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Uh, you know, we talked about it earlier, gaining that experience, getting that experience as early on as you can when you're in college. Uh, internships go a long way towards not only getting the experience, but building your personal network, uh, helping to lead you down a path of entry into our industry. Um, but I think that can be, you know, applicable to, to any industry. Sometimes it's the proverbial, it's who you know, not what you know. And, and you know, that that plays itself out a lot. I think, you know, myself, as an example, being willing to go anywhere and launch and develop your career path, um, taking that risk of relocating, it's certainly easier than done. But especially in the sports industry where there's a finite number of teams or opportunities in each market, I think that you have to open yourself up to more opportunities and, and frankly, be willing to go anywhere, especially earlier in your career. Um, and then number three, I would say being patient, um, accomplishing your goals for today, maybe without that that one eye stuck on tomorrow. And by that, I mean, when I started out, when I got that first job, um, you know, as a, as a full-time employee, I was being paid $12,000 a year, no commission, but I thought I was living large. Yep. And I, I never at one point worried when I would get that next opportunity. I knew that if I accomplished what I was doing in front of me, um, that opportunities would present themselves. And, and I had to trust myself that those opportunities would be there. Um, and fortunately, you know, it panned out for me and, and continues to pan out. I, you always want to have a goal, but I think you have to focus on what's right in front of you. Brad, awesome advice. Great advice. And always a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate your time and expertise today. All right. Thanks, Travis, for having me. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.